Good morning. I don't don't want to interrupt all this great conversation. I love to hear everybody chatting this morning. Sometimes it's hard on, on a Friday morning to chat about anything. I had them open up the shades this morning because I felt like we were meeting in a dungeon on Friday. I'm like, I need the sunlight to help, help wake me up. Appreciate you guys being here this morning as always. Um, you know, we... Uh, launched last month with this uh, first-time visitor deal, and I'm not going to call out first-time visitors because nobody really wants to be called out as new, but uh, I thank you guys for using that code. It took me a little bit to get that thing figured out, but once we did, there were about 25 of you that used that code. So somewhere uh, seated among us here are 25, uh, 25 new visitors, so we're thankful that you made it to the event. If you haven't, this is your first time to this event. We wanted to kind of set the parameters and kind of let you know this event is not a small group. It's actually a, a growing larger group. The idea for this group is just to introduce you to the things that are going on at our church, and then hopefully when you leave here, you're going to leave with a few gold nuggets of things that will help make your life better and help draw you closer to Jesus and help you in your walk with him. So that's really the heart behind this breakfast. And, you know, in the last, this is, um, we were two years in March with this event and it can just continues to grow. But what I love is I think I can look back to each of our speakers and remember things that, that they taught me. So, uh, you know, we all, I kind of walk through life with a backpack on my back of things that I'm learning along the way. And, and this event has definitely contributed to that. One other way that's very important and, and, and so uh, crucial for our church and for us as men in our growth is small groups. And I wanted to call that out this morning that um, our small group finder is open uh, and that small groups, uh, you know, summertime is kind of an odd time for a lot of us because we're on vacation and out with our families. There are quite a few men's small groups out there that you can join in on. I was on there last night looking the, at the different topics and the different things. There's some great stuff out there and it's only a six week uh, commitment for the summertime. So uh, June 11th is when it actually start so you still have time to kind of jump on there and look they're all over the city they're you know they're the topics are just a wide variety of different things the most important thing is that you find a group that you can jump in on and have people uh, for you to be able to contribute to their lives and they contribute to yours so we feel that's just a, a very very important it's a pillar of our church that we be in a small group of some kind and you have guys that know you you know them we're accountable to each other we know each other. So that's really, really critical. You can go to cotm.info, which is very easy to remember, and you can sign up there. There's a drop-down called Small Groups. So we just really want to encourage you to check into that if you haven't, haven't already done that. The great thing, too, about summertime, don't feel like you have to make every week. So if, you, you know, if you're on vacation, I'm vacationing a lot this summer. Um, I'll make the ones that I can make, and the ones I can't make, I will... Um, just not make it. So don't feel like that, uh, that it's, a, it's a loss. It's like, well, I don't throw the whole thing out because you're going to miss a week or two. So do your best to try to, try to jump in on that. Um, I want to say this month, I'm super excited. You know, it's, uh, it's June, so it's Father's Day month for those of us who are fathers. And it means a lot that we show respect to our dads. And, you know, whether your dad's been good to you or your dad has really not been good to you, I think the Bible's really clear on honoring our father and mother, regardless of whether or not they honored us. I think that's something in my own life I've had to really deal with with my dad is that um, he didn't always honor me with his life. And so it's up to me to still honor him, which is not always the easiest thing to do, but it's biblical. And I, I want to live a long time personally, so I'm going to honor my father and my mother in that. Uh, today we have Dean Wilson. Dean is a sales manager at Nelson Mazda. And I believe uh, some of his team is here to support him. I don't know if this group here is here, here part of his group. So welcome our friends from Nelson Mazda. You guys all stick together, which I love. Also, just real quick before I move on, I want to acknowledge uh, Williams Plumbing, who's always here, and I appreciate Clint for bringing his group. He told me on the way in this morning that uh, they moved one of their uh, monthly meetings around to make sure they make it to this event. So I really appreciate that. I know we all do. I'm glad to have you here. Also, wanted to acknowledge uh, Jay David for always bringing a great group here from Jay David Jewelry. So uh, you've noticed along the way there are tables reserved. You know, if you want to bring six or more people, we'll reserve you a table for your group. So just know that. Okay, moving on. Uh, Dean and his wife Jennifer have. Been 
been involved at Church of the Move for the last 27 years. So that's, that's a long time. As you know, in this, especially in this market, to stay anywhere for longer than a year at a church is kind of a big deal. So uh, 27 is a long time. We're super glad for his uh, faithfulness. He's been involved in kids ministry. He's been a producer there, curriculum development, video clubs, and a whole lot more in those 27 years. Uh, Dean and Jennifer have raised three great men, which I know, know well, and I'm so grateful that, that at least two of them are here today. One uh, plays football over, or basketball overseas and has coached my son in basketball and done a great job. Uh, all are outstanding leaders and world changers. Um, with this month being a month where we're talking a lot about fathers, I have um, his son Parker here today that I thought would be good to read a few of, of uh, the brother's sentiments about Dean, and then Dean will come up shortly after that. So, yeah, beware, Dean, beware. I've given your son an open mic, so beware. Here we go. Um, man, honestly, whenever I think about my dad, um, it's, he is the most influential man on earth to me, besides Jesus, of course. Um, but it's, it's awesome. Usually growing up, you, at least for me, I took my dad for granted a lot. It was like, oh yeah, he's dad. He's going to be there. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be loving. Um, and I know that that's how I was. I know that's how my brothers were. But then growing up, um, it's been a real pleasure to know him, to see, to get to become friends with him, honestly, and just see the things that he stands for, the character that he has. And um, man, I would give the world for this guy. And so what, like Mr. Johnny said, um, I'm going to read some stuff that my brothers wrote. So uh, Ben, who's sitting here, as well as myself and my other brother, Clay, um, says this. Growing up, my dad always told us, if you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. Words are one thing, but he has always led by example. I've watched him go from prop guy to producer, from salesman to finance manager, from rocking babies in the nursery to laying hands on the sick. My dad's faithfulness has shown me not only the truth of those words, but also the faithfulness of God. Man, that's so good. Um, Clay, my other brother, wrote this. He said, my dad showed me what it means to be a godly man. He puts God first and his family next. No career achievement or selfish desire has ever come before his family. He has sacrificed so much for us and even put some of his own dreams on pause in order to allow us every opportunity and make sure that the needs of our family were met. He is the best worker I have ever seen in any field. And he... And Everything he puts his hand to prospers. He is strong and empowers others. I respect my dad more than any other man on earth, and I feel so fortunate to have a great example in my life. I aspire to be the type of husband, father, and leader that he is. My dad is my hero. He says, I could go on for days, but Mr. Hampton only allowed me a couple sentences. So uh, that's good, Um, which is the same. Uh, And then... My dad's the most humble leader that I know. He's the most humble man that I know. Everything, like my brothers have been saying, every single thing that he's done has been for our family and the things that he's put on hold, the things that he's come in and taught us, whether that be, hey, we're gonna sit down and read about the Bible or uh, what we did whenever we were kids. Um, he would have us sing Psalm 91. So we'd start singing it as a whole family and we'd be like, this is the, it was, I, I will never forget, the, I'm not gonna sing it. I'm not gonna sing it. You're welcome. But I will never forget that verse, uh, that, that uh, chapter and all that stuff. But um, my dad lives to serve others. And the way that he loves God and he loves people 
truly reflects the man that he is. I'm honored to be called your son, Dad. Man, without further ado, welcome my dad, Dean Wilson. That is so unfair. <laughs> who, who came up with that idea? That is amazing. Um, totally throws me off. But <clears throat> anyway, thanks, thanks so much for coming. Uh, first of all, I want to say this. Um, Stu, where are you? Are you still out there? How many of you realize that the food that you are eating here today Stu got up at 1 o'clock this morning. How many of you besides you millennials have seen 1 o'clock lately in the morning? <laughs> Very few of us see 1 o'clock in the morning, and Stu got up at 1 this morning to get all this ready. I think he deserves a big round of applause. <clears throat> Thank you, Stu. You know, guys, I, I just wanted to talk to you a couple of minutes about really... It's about prayer, but more than that, it's about communication. It's about an ongoing communication with God. It's about living a life where you are constantly in fellowship with God. And, and before we get started, why don't we just have a little fellowship with God right now? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the honor and the privilege that it is to be alive and well on planet Earth. We all have different things that we're going through, different challenges, different obstacles in our lives. We all have different things that we can be grateful for. There's a lot of things in our lives that we recognize are from you. And we just take a minute to say thank you this morning for your goodness and your mercy, and your kindnesses to us. We honor you today in our midst and I ask that you give me words to share this message that resonate in the hearts of these men, that they're able to take something from this and apply it to their lives, that from this day forward, we may be different. We may see ourselves differently before you and with you and through you. And I just thank you for your anointing on us to be men on this planet to be strong and courageous men, bold to do what is right and just and fair. And I thank you for your grace on us to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, today's scripture we're talking about is something that Jesus said. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. I want to talk about three different things today why we should pray, how we should pray, and what the re rewards of prayer are. So we're going to take a minute and go over some of this, but the first thing I want to do is kind of define what prayer is. Prayer is a spiritual communion with God, as in the things we throw up to God when we're challenged and need something in a hurry. I know of a couple of guys in this room, me being one of them, who suddenly had a need for an air conditioner this week. All of a sudden. Uh, another guy in this room had the need for two of them. Uh, you know, that is part of prayer, throwing up our needs. 
Lord, help me. What, what are we going to do? That kind of thing. But as you can see in this definition, it's a spiritual communion with God, as in making those requests, entreaties, petitions, but it's also thanksgiving. <clears throat> I was coming home last night, and I'm just driving along, and I look off to the side there, and there's this huge plane. I mean, this plane had to be like a 797. I mean, it was huge. And I'm thinking, and it's just slowly going up in the air, and I'm thinking, wow, air travel is still so amazing to me. I'm just thinking about this is such an awesome, I mean, just a hundred years ago, they were wrapping their heads around this thing, and now we take it for granted. There goes the big old plane again. I'm thankful for that. That's part of my ongoing communication and communion with God, just being thankful. I'm driving down the road the other day, and I had my windows down, and they were cutting grass on the side. I smelled fresh cut grass. How many of you love just the fresh smell of fresh cut grass in the spring? Ah, oh, I love that. I, that, I just said, Lord, thank you so much for that. You know, it's all about just keeping a tender heart toward God, being thankful. Another, another part of prayer, adoration, worship. God, thank you so much for your goodness to me. Thank you so much for these kids who say things like that about me. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy trying to make it in this life. But I do see the importance of putting God's word first. And when you do that, you can, you can have this ongoing communication with God. And that's my angle on it today, is that we as men need to make sure we keep that line of communication open. It's not only adoration, but it's confession. Confession of things that we may do wrong, but also confession of his word. I work in the healing place and have the opportunity to pray with a lot of people. And probably this is, this is the thing I deal with the most, is people don't understand the importance of confessing God's word. I'm telling you, we live in a world where there are so many avenues where things come to your head that would challenge the word of God, that would challenge the validity of it, the truth of it. And it's so important for us to not allow the TV, the radio, the magazines, the music, whatever, to sway our thinking from the importance, the validity of the word of God. God's word is true. And let every man, let everybody else be a liar is what the Bible says. God's word is true. And it's so important for us to confess it, to say to ourselves, no, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like, sounds like, smells like, tastes like. This word supersedes all the other senses. You see, God's word is truth, and truth will supersede and overcome facts. The fact is, you may be missing something. You may, do, you may have needs, but God's word will supersede that. He will help you get the answers to that. And I think it's so important for us to confess that on a regular basis. And someone might say, well, you know, at the end of the day, you're just brainwashing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's scriptural too. 
The Bible says, renew your mind according to the word of God. I am washing off the hatred. I am washing off the injustice. I am washing off the perversion of this world. You bet. You bet. And God said to. And that's what I do. So to me, at the end of the day, this is why we do this. This is why we pray, because we want to keep our lines of communication open with God. We want, to, we want to stay tender toward Him. We want to have a tender heart toward God. When you look at the word communion, basically communion means the sharing of thoughts and emotions that are intimate. When you go back to the order of creation, God created man to be intimate with a woman only after he created him to be intimate with him. And too many men take their struggles and trials and uncertainties and fears and doubts and they dump them at the feet of their wife. She wasn't made for that. She wasn't built for that. That's like asking her to stick a piano in her purse. That purse is not going to carry that piano. And she is not designed to carry the frailty that is part of us. God is, though. He said, bring it to me. I'll help you. I'll take care of it. It's that closeness, that familiarity, that, that affection, that love that wraps up the word intimacy that God wants to have with us and that we need to have with him first. I'm not saying you can't ever take things to your wife. Don't get me wrong. We need, it needs to be a partnership. But on the other hand, she needs to know that you've come with a plan. Not that I don't know what we're going to do, man. I lost my mind. I, I just, this is just tearing me up. And I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> a woman in those situations will rise up and lead. Because if you're not, she will. And it's not really designed that way. It's a partnership. But at the end of the day, you are the leader, the spiritual leader of that family. As a man, you are the spiritual leader. And you've got to get alone with God. You've got to have that communion with Him and you've got to get a plan. So, again... Probably the, the thing that best describes this to me is something that I, that's in Second Samuel. Excuse me, it's in First Samuel chapter 11. And it just kind of, it, it kind of lets you know about what man's all about. Who we are and, and what's in us. I think it's important for you to realize that this, this constant communication that we have with God, some people might say, well, hang on, that's a little too confining to me. That's a little too restricting. I, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little more wild at heart. And I get that. As a matter of fact, God gets that. God made you to have an adventurous spirit. God made you to have conquering in your DNA. God made you to have possessing new ground in your DNA. That is in your DNA. That's who we are. We are men who like to take on new things, who like to take on new challenges. That's important to us. 
But it's also important to realize that we need to submit that to God. This is what it says in 1 Samuel 11. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Listen to that. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent out Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Reba, but David remained in Jerusalem. Now think about that. At the time when kings go off to war, David decides to pull away, to isolate himself. I see men do this sometimes. That's why small groups are so important. That's why groups of friends who will encourage you and build you up are so important. David decided at the time when people were going off to war and conquering things, I mean, this was a great opportunity for him to use that conquering spirit. He did something a little different. He remained in Jerusalem, and one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace, and from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Okay? Too many men I see using that conquering gene, that thing that's in them, that's from God, to take new ground, to build new businesses, to do great things. And they use that conquering thing to conquer things that they should not be conquering. Something that belongs to someone else. (laughs) It's important that we take what God has given us and use it in a way that God gave it to us to be used. I want you to listen to what, what Nathan the prophet came to David and said. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. Now think about this. David may have thought, David could have easily thought, well, I've done all this myself. I'm the one who did the work here. I'm the one who went out and killed the killed the giant, and I'm the one who kind of built my way and my fame and my fortune and my success. But God's saying to him, I gave you the very breath that you breathe. I gave you the very eyesight that you have. I gave you the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, the joints. What did you bring to the table? Basically nothing. You came with nothing. You leave with nothing. You don't have anything. We don't have anything. Without God. God said to David, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, this is probably the most amazing statement to me. If that had been too little, I would have given you more. If David had just said, I'm just struggling with this, Lord. I'm really having a hard time with this. I I need your help. I'm I'm not being fulfilled here. Whatever, whatever. If David had just had that intimate relationship with God, God would have answered that need. Now, that doesn't always mean that he would have brought him another wife. 
A lot of times the need is in us. And there are things we need to change. There are things we need to adjust. But God said, if that had not been enough, I would have done more for you. That's how close God wants to be to us. You see, David used his conquering DNA to do the wrong thing. He isolated himself when he should have stayed in communion and fellowship. God would have met his need. And you know, really, to bring this down to the present time, to us, there are times that instead of starting that new business deal, instead of taking that risk, jumping out and doing something bold and adventurous and, and, and getting out there to maybe take our family on some kind of adventurous vacation, doing something different, or, or maybe just conquering that bad habit in us. We look to conquer the wrong things. And, and, and here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we should call wisdom, this is found in Proverbs 7, 4, we should call wisdom our sister. We should call understanding our kinsman. It goes back to this constant accountability. We're constantly accountable. If you've got your family with you, if you've got your sister and your uncle standing around, there are certain things that you're not going to do. There are certain places you're not going to go. There are certain things you're not going to say when you realize your family is constantly with you. You're not going to get on the internet and look at porn. Because you've got your family with you. You're constantly aware of that relationship with God. God wants you to use what he's given you, but he wants you to use it in a way that brings honor and glory to him. I want you to take just a quick look with me. How do we pray then? You know, some people go with a victim mentality, and a lot of times that's, it's important that we realize that as we pray, we don't go as a victim. We go with a little different attitude. A lot of people have the idea that we should, <laughs> that, you know, we go and we throw up a bunch of complaints to God, but that's not what we're all about. We should go with a victor mentality. We should go with a realization that God wants to help us. He wants to move us forward. And the only way to do that is to recognize what he said in his word. He said in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, he said, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. God wants us to come with confidence. I've, I've worked with guys before who they didn't want to do anything unless they could win, and God realizes that you want to win. God's, God's put that in you. He wants you to win. And he's saying right now through his word, he's saying that this is the confidence that we can have. Anything that we ask for, he will do it for us. I want you to listen to some of this. He realizes that there will be obstacles, but he promises you will win. In James 5.16, it says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. Matthew 18.19 says, Jesus said, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that you shall ask, it shall be done to them by their Father which is in heaven. And then this verse is amazing to me. John 15.7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I'm telling you, God wants to help us 
have a strong and dynamic relationship with him. It starts by knowing who you are in Christ. The Bible says you're a new creation in Christ, that we can do all things through Christ, that we are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. As a matter of fact, it says we are more than conquerors through him. How are we more than a conqueror now? How many of you saw Schindler's List? Do you remember that scene in there when Schindler said to Amon Goth, the, the SS officer that stood up on the balcony and picked people off with, with his gun? There was at one point, uh, Amon said, you, you, you never get drunk. He was talking to Schindler. You drink, but you never get drunk. And Schindler told him, control is power. And that was the little scene where he said, you, you, instead of killing people, you could pardon them. And he went around saying, I, I pardon you. I pardon you. When you stop and think about it, control is power. And that's who you are as a conqueror now. You are more than a conqueror because you're not just a conqueror who comes in like a Viking and rape and pillage and, and do all of this kind of stuff. You are a conqueror with control. You can control now that you have the spirit of the living God in you. You can live a life of control. And that's what makes you more than, an, uh, more than a conqueror because you are now empowered to do this. You know your position, your right standing with God. You're favored. You know your authority and you know your limitations. I want you to know something. There are times that just prayers in English are not enough for us as men. We need to pray in the Spirit. And if you don't know that much about that, there's some great, if you go to the resources page on our website, you can find out a lot about the additional prayer language that God offers you through the gift of praying in other tongues. But God has given us this great open line of communication. And I want you to, I want to share one thing with you as I end today. The rewards of praying are amazing. And again, my whole, my whole time here has been to say that prayer is really nothing more than just a constant communication with God. I had this gentleman come into the healing place recently, and he, he was just out of sorts. I mean, his, his wife had been diagnosed with cancer, and he came in crying like a baby. I, 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 could, I, I could not console him for a while. I just had to let him cry, and he just cried and cried. And finally, I was able to say, you know, what's going on? And, and he finally said, my wife has been diagnosed with cancer. She used to have this beautiful blonde hair and all this kind of stuff. And he's just going on and on. And, and to be quite honest with you, I dealt with this. I wrestled with this for a little bit. I wrestled with the, the idea of, okay, this man is the leader of his home. Do I just jump in here with him and just cry with him? I, I honestly thought about that. But there was a scripture that kept going over in me. And it's in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, I believe. That this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then we have the petitions that we place before him. And I, I just kept hearing that. And as much as I stood there and consoled him, there was a point where it just kind of rose up in me and I said, brother, I'm going to tell you something. This is on you. You are able 
to go in and change this. You don't need to keep going into your wife crying and saying, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, listen, sir, you need to get the word of God in you. You need to go in. You need to be bold. You need to lay your hands on her. And if you can't stay around her more than 10 minutes without crying, then go in for 10, be bold, lay your hands on her, pray, encourage her in the word, and then get out of there. Be bold. Be bold, stand on God's word, make it first place and not your emotions, not your feelings. And, and, and the crazy thing is that he, he kept coming back. He would come back week after week and we would pray and we saw changes. I didn't see him again for probably, I don't know, three or four months and then one week at the car lot. Somebody comes in and says, hey, there's a guy out here that said he, you prayed with him and at the healing place. So I go out there. I mean, I say, Hey, what are you doing? Good to see you again. He said, Hey, come here. I want you to see something. His wife was standing over here. I go over there and she is healed. She has been delivered from cancer. It was just an amazing thing. Hey, that's all God. That's all God. But I'm going to tell you something. At one point I could have caved into emotions. I kind of felt that way. I kind of felt like, wow, this is, we need to I'm just going to weep with those who weep. And, and as I look back on it, there was some fellowship that we had in doing that. But at some point that I needed to pull him out of that. I needed to say, brother, you can stand up against this. And I just want you to know that in our relationship with God, God says, I have made you more than a conqueror. You are able to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. God wants to use you for his honor and glory to be a champion, to be more than a conqueror in this life. And I just thank you for the opportunity that I've had to share with you today. Amen. That's the way to end it right there. Let me tell you, we could just walk out today. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to uh, say one more thing, too. I, I know um, there's, you know, we always look for resources on prayer, and um, this is a great start today. Obviously, um, if you've been started all in your heart, there's a great book that I've, that I've read that I think is really critical for all of us. It's called Appropriately Too Busy Not to Pray by Bill Hybels. If you've not read that book yet, it is a stellar book on shoving you right into the place where you need to be. And if you need to kick in the rear, with prayer, you know, everything that started in, in the church and in, in our world today that has been good has started with a movement of prayer. And so you, I asked myself, what would it look like if I had my own prayer movement in my own life? You know, what if I got up a few minutes extra? Because I'm going to tell you, it's kind of like uh, when I ran a marathon, I'm going to tell you there were weeks and weeks and weeks while I was up early running and running and running. And nobody saw that. Nobody saw any of it. I mean, God saw it. I saw it. But what happened was I finished the race and I finished it well, but there was so much preparation that went into making that happen well that I had to, I had to commit the time to do it. And that's what prayer is. It's committing to say what I have, what I see, what I want to have happen in my life, I'm willing to commit when no one's watching because it's not cool. Uh, Olympians who train, no one sees the day in and day out. If anyone's seen the, the video with um, Michael Phelps, all the swimming early in the morning, early, late at night, all the, the, everything that it took to help him win those gold medals. We just see the gold medal. We see the end. Just like with this guy, you know, we didn't see what, what, those, what happened in those three months. 
I have a suspicion that he dug deep into God's word. I have a suspicion that he dug deep to find out what he needed. And he was exactly what Dean said to his wife. And so those are the things, our challenges for us today. You know, uh, Martin Luther has a great quote. It says, I have so much to do today that I'm going to spend three hours in prayer in order to get it all done, you know? And uh, so for us, you know, spending that extra time, sometimes I've noticed in my own life when I get up in the morning and it's so easy just to skirt by that time. You're like, you know what, I got, I got to get going. I've got this, I've got that, you know, the, the dog's in my way. I've got to, you know, there's just so many distractions. We're the most distracted people on the planet. And I think it's, it's, it's an absolute curse from the enemy on our lives to be distracted. And it's something that we've got to work on. We've got to make sure we're spending the time that we need to spend with him in order to get directions of where we need to go. So prayer is the way to start that. Um, so if you haven't gotten that book, uh, Too Busy Not to Pray, I would get that book and start it. It won't take you long to get through it. Um, Ian Bounds has a great book on prayer too. He's like the author of, of, of Understanding Prayer. So that's another great, great resource for you. Um, just so you know, in the next couple of days, this will be on uh, iTunes, and our messages are always up on iTunes, so if there's any that you missed, you can always grab those there and uh, share with a friend or whatever, but just know that usually within 72 hours, those are up on iTunes, so you can find them there. Um, next month, uh, we're super excited again to have another great speaker. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's always great when we can have people here that are um, on, that not necessarily on staff, we try to mix it up and have some on staff, some, some not staff, kind of like Dean is kind of part, part here and part not being uh, over the Healing Place, uh, which just so you know, Healing Place is a great place over by the auditorium. Uh, if you ever need prayer for anything, that's always available there after every service. Uh, you'll find Dean, there, Dean and his wife Jennifer there quite a bit, but there's always a leader there. You know, if you just need agreement on something, you and your wife need something or just you personally, they're going to give you resources. They're going to agree with you. And like you said, that guy came back multiple times. You can go back there as much as you want to get the prayer that you need. So just know that's a great resource for you. Um, Brett Wilson will be here next uh, month to share with us. He um, discovered Church on the Move in 2010, seven years ago, when he Googled Tulsa churches. So for those of us who work in marketing, that's a, that's a win with Google. Um, <clears throat> He's experienced significant life change since having lived the business world from small companies to multi-million dollar organizations in the dental industry over the last 16 years. Brett will share stories of personal and professional failure, victory in an area that he is passionate about, which is getting better, which we could all use a good dose of. Brett is a sections coach at COTM here. He's been married to his, his wife for 10 years. Brooke has three young children. Brett loves cooking with his kids, playing golf, hunting, fitness, and playing the guitar. Um, I want to have Brett come up for just two minutes and just share briefly. Um, you know, sometimes I like to let you guys see just a little a quick preview of, of um, our speaker just so you can be excited about it and come next month. Thanks, Johnny. Good morning. Wow. Isn't that amazing to have your children stand up and say those words? Who doesn't want to have their children stand up and say those words about them? Isn't that what this is about for us to get poured into? My leaders like this, that's my goal, to have children, my children stand up and say words like that about me one day. Praise God. That was, a, that was amazing. Amazing. Man, a lot has happened in my life. Church on the Move has changed my life. Can't wait to share a few things with you on what God has done, and it has been God. It has been this place. I've been the partier. I've been the drinker. I've been the boozer. I've been the guy with the tobacco. I've been the guy with all kinds of things, the lust. I mean, you name it. In the business world, entertaining clients, doing all the the worldly things. Those of you that know those people, maybe it's you. Maybe it's someone you know at work. Bring them in. Bring them in. Have a few things to share that hopefully will, will have an impact. I'm here to hopefully inspire, challenge, motivate you on that side of, uh, of getting better. So can't wait for July 7th. Thank you. Thanks, Brett. 
As promised, we like to have you guys out here at 745 and we're right on it. So let's pray and close out today. God, we are honored to have been in your presence this morning, to be under the authority of your word. Lord, we heard so many things this morning that are inspiring and challenging. And Lord, as dads, we want to have sons that are, that are like Dean's sons that can say great words about us. Lord, at the end of the day, uh, the hero that we need to be is to our family, to our wife, to those around us, Lord, we want it, we, that, but our family is most important. Father, I thank you in this month when it is, it is a Father's Day month and a month that we celebrate uh, fatherhood. Lord, I pray that we uh, would celebrate our fathers. Lord, we would let them know how much they meant to us, Lord, and, and uh, to support them. At the same time, we thank you that you are the perfect father to us. Everything we need, everything we might be deficient here on this earth, we can depend on you. Lord, and if we don't have what we need, we can ask. Lord, you are faithful to answer our prayers when we ask, just as we learned this morning. I pray a blessing over Dean today and the time he spent uh, working on his message today and what he shared with us. Pray a blessing on his family, Lord, and everything that they put their hands to. I pray today for these men. I pray that they walk out of here encouraged. I pray that they find you, Lord, whether it's through a small group or whether it's through their personal Bible study. Lord, we would be challenged to be better, Lord, because we, we chose to step out and make, make the first Make the first move towards you, God. When we move toward you, Father, you're always there standing, well, welcoming us, Lord, with open arms. And we're grateful to have this opportunity to be together today as men. Bless it. Bless this weekend in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.